Hello and welcome back to the IAU podcast. In this episode, I'm delighted to welcome Rolando Ospina from Philippines. Rolando has run the top three furthest distances for an ultra runner from Philippines and has a passion for ultra running. Rolando ran on the Philippines national team in the 24-year World Championships in Belfast back in 2017. And I then met Rolando at the 24-year World Championships in Albi, France. He was competing in the open race as there wasn't a team from the Philippines. Rolando, welcome to the podcast. And let's forget about running for, for a moment and just tell me a little bit about you. Who is Rolando Ospina? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me, John, in your podcast. Uh, my name is Rolando Ospina. I originally came from uh, the middle part of the Philippines, uh, which is uh, Bacolod City in Negros. Um, I, came, uh, I, w- I came to Ireland 20 years, exactly 20 years ago. I'm a nurse, actually, so I went to Ireland really for the job. So I've been in Ireland as working as an ICU nurse since then. So I'm a Filipino by birth, but I'm also a dual citizenship, both Philippine and and Irish passport. So, yeah, that's me, John. Now, you have a very stressful job. I see you work as an ICU nurse at St. Vincent's Hospital. With the onset of this COVID-19 pandemic, how has that affected your work life and also your training? First of all, I work as a permanent night shift nurse. So as you know yourself, as often and when the pandemic is not here, we usually see each other in the morning. Um, you're running to the city center and I'm running home from work sometimes. I don't know if you remember that. And so, yeah, pandemic is really kind of a hard work at the moment. And we're full in capacity and very, very busy. And um, nurse, nurses are really kind of... Um, you know, we're looking after two ventilated patients. So it's it's a really hard year, at least now. It's been a year now since uh, the first wave came to Ireland. And uh, at the moment, we're, we're still like full house, full full capacity, to be honest. So it's uh, with the training. Uh, I don't really have a specific training plan because of the nature of my work. Um, so only if I'm off, uh, I can do some quality runs, I suppose, or... The only logical thing I can do sometimes, because I'm a family man myself, I have three kids and two dogs, so um, is sometimes if the weather permits, I, I run from lunch to, to, to work, which is roughly about 17 kilometers. And sometimes I, I run home as well. So that's that gives me ro- roughly around 33 kilometers, uh, you know, in a day run, uh, plus the night shift, of course. So that's pretty much my training uh, when weather permits, obviously, if you if you know what I mean. Well, I'd imagine that the job you have is quite stressful and safety critical, and it's probably hard to fit the training in. You mentioned that you use your training as a commute to and from work. Do you find that running to work helps to clear your head for the day ahead and running home from work would actually help you forget what's happened? 100%, 100%. Even wintertime, it's just because the work is so stressful at the moment. Even in a, in a stressful night shift, I see to it that, you know, when I come here, uh, when I come home, um, I probably have three hours of sleep or four hours of sleep. That's my max, you know. And then when I wake up, I just see to it just to to get out and run even 8K or 10K just to get the stress out of my mind because it's just mentally stressful at work at the moment. But uh, yeah, but running really helps with my sanity, to be honest with you. And in some ways, that's probably good training for the mental side of the ultramarathon. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, um, the the sleepless nights sometimes kind of um, bank in 
if you want, for that uh, training for the long distance run. Now, before you came to Ireland, were you doing any other sports or were you always running? No, I'm, running is kind of new to me. I will, I was I was really active in playing basketball um, when I was young. So when I came to Ireland, I'm still playing basketball here and there. But then, then uh, way back about 2004, if I'm not mistaken, I injured my knee. So I had my ligament, two ligaments injured. So I had my knee operated. And from there on, uh, I have no activities really. And for that reason, I kind of gained weight and then... Uh, I was diagnosed with hypertension, actually, and I was told by the doctors, you know, if I'm ready to take some medications for life, you know, the way if, the, if you have an hypertension. But at the same time, he said, you can change your lifestyle. So um, I, I changed my lifestyle. So I think um, that makes a lot of difference. Uh, 2009 was the year that I started running. Yeah. And then the exercise through the running helped reverse some of the issues you were having with Apiroid. Oh yes, absolutely. I mean, I mean, mostly hypertensive is really non non reversible, if you like. But at the moment, it, it my my blood pressure is kind of balanced, or if you know, it, it's it's lower than it was it used to be. So it really helps a lot in my in in, in the, my in, in my health perspective, and I feel much better because of running. If I'm not mistaken, your first ultramarathon was a 50k back in 2011. That was in Portumna. Is that when you started? That's correct. Yeah, that's my 50, first 50k. And I thought, no way, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> and then you returned to that same venue the following year, and you did a 100k. And then in yeah. 2015, you did your first 24-hour race. What inspired you to try the 24-hour race? Uh, you know, East of Ireland. Uh, yes. Marathon. I was a big part of it. Yeah. So uh, it was Frank McDermott and um, uh, Jerry Copeland. Um, actually, was uh, the one who encouraged me to to try the 24 hours. But to be honest with you, I'm kind of new to it. So I I really thought that time during Belfast. That was Belfast in 2015. I suppose. Yes, that's cool. Yes, and you um, ran 100 miles there. Yeah, I I did 100 miles, and I thought that was it. You know, I, I didn't realize that you have to run the whole 24 hours. So I think I finished, I, I run 100 miles in about 21 hours or something. And then I just gave up and I thought that was it. I, it's only 100 miles. But then the, the lady actually was saying, are you not going to run more? I said, why, why would I run more? I thought it's really is only 100 miles. And I, I, I was actually amazed that I'm... And the rest were still running, but I I I, I just stopped about uh, after a hundred miles because I can I, mentally I'm like you know there's no way I can run more than hundred miles. That's a question that a lot of us actually ask ourselves: Why why would you run anymore? It's, <laughs> we're we're still looking for the answer to that. So what is it that motivates exactly. you to go out and run? Uh, it's really both for mental and health reasons. Um, so you you you're I mean, using it as as therapy and a way to. I suppose, oh, big detached time. from yeah. your work. Oh, yes. And then yeah, you get exactly. the other benefits from it. And just as you mentioned the guys that you were training with and that suggested you try the 24-hour race, it sounds like you have a good running support network that you have been surrounded by not just like-minded people, but people who are helping to fuel your passion. They're not telling you you can't do something, but they're more encouraging you to try so that's good people to be associated with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what would your typical training week be like outside of your running commute? Um, I really don't have, uh, at the moment now, because uh, I, I was injured after the 
Connemara 100 miles August of last year. And my mileage then was really low, you know, I was just trying to recover from the injury. But uh, I think I've money, uh, now I'm back to um, higher mileage at the moment. I'm doing 100 miles a week for the past three weeks. So this week, actually, I'm trying to reach 200 kilometers just to uh, build my endurance base again. Nothing speed works or anything like that, but just mostly endurance at the moment. So um, there's no event in sight, but um, what I'm trying to do is just to get ready just in case there's an event that will push through uh, one of these days. That's a lot of training when you think about it on top of the work schedule that you have. And especially now, you must be busier than ever. Yeah, I know. But it really does help a lot with my mental health as well. So it's just liberating. I mean, even if it's raining or the bad weather, just to go out after five kilometers, you'll feel so much better. You know yourself, John. It's just... It's just beautiful running. It's just beautiful sports. Yeah, it is. It's very, very simple, and you don't need any special equipment to do exactly, it. You, you yeah. just have to just, walk outside your door and, and close yeah. the door. You don't. You don't need anything fancy. You don't need a mountain. You don't need a lake. No. Just you need. It's, just it's need there. it right here, yeah. and then that's it. Yeah. For most times, you just need what you have. And I was going to ask: Have there been any challenges or barriers along the way with your running? But it sounds like you're living with challenges and barriers. So can you tell us how you overcome these things? Like you're somebody who obviously has to manage their time very, very carefully because you don't have much time. And I would guess that the running commute, you're getting training done rather than sitting in the car being stressed out about being late for work. How do you, I suppose, overcome these challenges? Well, I suppose aside from running to commute back and forth, um, like I'm not really into TVs and stuff like that. So like, for example, after dinner, like 30 minutes from now, I mean, sometimes I, I kind of fancy watching a movie or something like that. But then it just comes to my mind sometimes, you know, especially if the weather is beautiful, just like today. And I, I mean, I might as well go out and run a 10K or 11K and then have a beer after that. That's probably, you know, um, simple, simple things like that. It will just accumulate the miles, I suppose. So I know 100 miles a week at the moment is kind of uh, high, but um, if you run twice a day, even three times a day, I think it's doable and uh, it's therapeutic as well for me. Yeah, but I suppose it is very doable, especially if you have a reason to do it. And as you said, you're using it to commute. So you're eco-friendly as well. You're saving saving the environment and getting yourself fit. Now, what have you learned from your own or what have you learned about your own endurance and personal limits? You seem to race a lot. Uh, I suppose it's a gradual improvement, John, um, and listening to um, our my peers as well, like, you know, veterans like you guys. I actually have your, I still have your DVD. I probably watched that five times, you know, the Spartan one. <laughs> I still have, uh, I need to return that to you, actually. Um, yeah, just listening to... Um, mentors like uh, guys who have experience and um, being motivated by them inspired by them and just um, you know learning from them it's all about the gradual process actually I mean I'm not a gifted runner I've only started running seriously like 2010 I suppose well not serious but then started to to do more endurance running so I think I I'm I'm 47 now so I don't think I'll be 
running much faster, but I think I can run longer or, you know, and more experienced nowadays. So, I mean, I think if you know what I mean, it's uh, uh, ultra running is more, is more of endurance. So it's there's not much, well, you need speed as well, but uh, it's the grit really, isn't it? Uh, yes. So I'm still, I'm still learning a lot. Well, just to give an Sorry. idea, to give an idea of your progress in 2011, when you did your first 50k, you ran that in four hours 47. Then in 2015, you took part in a hundred kilometer race, and your 50 kilometer split was only two minutes slower. So that's quite an improvement there. And your 50k PB then from 2016 is four hours. Yeah. So I, I do my homework. You probably didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned the Spartathlon there a moment ago. I've done it once. You've done it three times. What keeps bringing you back to that race? I've actually done it four times, John. Yeah. Four times. Okay. Um, four times, yeah. There's something in Spartathlon. It's just magical. I mean, you, you've been there yourself. It's just yes. um, ultra runners, like... Uh, all over the world is just there and there's no ego and you're just like a family and everyone is just happy seeing each other and uh, i suppose everyone just like love ultra running and as you know yourself spartan it's it's like a festival it's like a week from arriving to athens uh, pre-registration the food the you know the, the meeting of other athletes from all over the world and then the race itself and then the lunch, the mayor's lunch in Athens, back to, oh, sorry, in Sparta and back to Athens and the gala night and then the after party after that. It's just brilliant. It's just, it's it's, it's my perfect holiday, actually. You make me want to go back. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's a yeah, holiday for ultra back. Yeah, it's a holiday for ultra runners. <laughs> It now, is. It I, is I yeah. was, before I started talking to you, I was curious about the ultra running scene in Philippines. And I noticed that in 2018, you did quite a lot of races in the Philippines. And they're quite quite big races like there was one race was 500 kilometers and it was 250 kilometers what's the ultra running scene like in the philippines actually ultra running in the philippines is quite big uh, road and wood uh, and trail running is, uh, uh, is very big in the philippines i mean there there was an event that uh, i think it is baguio to manila that was 250 kilometers that i really want to join and then um the thing about that is that after about I think nine days, there's uh, there's another 500 kilometer event. So there's two events in in a span of uh, eight or nine days, I think. So that's a big task actually. But um, okay, so yeah, no, I was happy to finish right. both of them. Those two races were back to back. That's the uh, that's pretty quite, much. Yeah. Like, actually, I see uh, that now. The eight until the tenth of February was the 250 kilometer run, and then between the twentieth and the twenty fifth of February was the 500 kilometer run. Gee, yeah, exactly. So, and, yeah, just and, both. and how did you finish in both of those? Um, I actually uh, won both of it, so oh, okay. I was lucky. So I, I set the course record for the Manila to Baguio, uh, two fifty kilometers that time. Uh, you know, uh, the Philippines is really warm country, so it's 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 really really hot. But um, fortunately, I did that. But after racing the two fifty kilometers, I did nothing for for the for the next eight days or nine days, and just to. You know, just to recover and uh, to prepare myself for the for the uh, for the 500k, uh, which is really really tough as well. And you also do ultra trail. So, what would your favorite distance or surface be? Um, the trail. Oh, yeah, I do. I do ultra trail. Um, uh, I've done the uh, Wicklow Way 100 miles. Wicklow Way 100. Yeah, you've you've done. 
Madeira Island Ultra Trail. Yeah, the that's what's beautiful as well. Tough, but beautiful, yeah. So you, yeah. you ran road, trail, track. You, do you have a preference or do you not discriminate between them? You'll take, what, you'll uh, take what's there. I, I, I take what's there. I love both of them. And luckily at the moment, uh, I'm, I, I was uh, uh, privileged enough to be picked uh, in the lottery for the PTL. I don't know if you're familiar with the PTL. No. Yeah, it's uh, one of the UTMB uh, events in August. So that's like 300 kilometers adventure race in uh, Mont Blanc. So looking forward to that okay, as well. It's great. To look at that. Hopefully that all goes ahead. I've mentioned yeah, hopefully. Earlier, yeah, I'd mentioned earlier that you ran in the World Championship, the 24-hour World Championships in Belfast in 2017. 2018, I don't think the Philippines had a team in the World Championships. That was in Timishwara. Then in 2019, I met you in Albi, and that's when I was actually talking to you about doing this podcast, and you didn't have a team there. Seeing as the scene is so big in Philippines, is there any reason why there wasn't a team at that race? I was kind of surprised to see that you weren't running in the team event there. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate, actually. Um, unfortunately, um, the IAU is being governed by... Um, PAO or PAU or the Philippine uh, Association of Ultra Runners in the Philippines. So they're the governing body uh, who are tasked to, uh, you know, select uh, athletes to uh, run for the country for an IEU event. Um, but unfortunately, we were not picked by them for some reasons uh, that I don't want to mention. It's just politics, sports politics, I suppose. But um, yeah, so the only logical thing for us is to... Um, for me and Rex, actually, Rex Brillantes, um, both of us have to run uh, uh, the qualifying distance for the open category, which is more than 200 kilometers, just to uh, uh, get into the open category in Albi. I suppose we we should have easily carried the flag that's of the so country. If well, hopefully that's something that will be sorted, because as far as I'm aware, you, I think you're the 24-hour record holder for Philippines. Correct, yeah. Okay, so that would make sense. So look at... Hopefully we'll we'll see you on the start line carrying that flag within the next year or two because I think it's great to have so many different nations represented in a race. It makes for it makes the whole t event more exciting and it, it just oh, it is. It yeah. improves I mean, the depth of competition as well and all in all absolutely. it's good for sport. The sport ultra what would your favorite race be or your dream race? Is there a race you haven't done that you want to do? Oh, Sides uh, and Spartan, which I've done already. Um, that's a good question, actually. I don't really have a particular one. I mean, I, I, I enjoy 24-hour running. And, um, I kind of fancy Budwater, but then it's a bit expensive for that's me. That's what I'd like to do as well. Like, yeah, it is kind of expensive, yeah, but it is one it that is. I'd like to do. Actually, Spartathlon, yeah. Spartathlon for what you get is a very reasonably priced oh race. Oh my God, it's 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 a bargain. It's a bargain. I mean, for a week holiday, like all in, it's hundred quid. You can't get wrong with that. Yeah, great event. So, what would your future plans be? Will Spartathlon be uh, on the calendar again? Absolutely. I mean, if if given a chance, I mean, if I'm being picked on a pick every year. Or you know, I'll probably do it. It's just so it's just such a beautiful race, and um, I'm hoping to it. And obviously, the 24-hour world championship either will bring the Philippine flag with us, or in the open category, I'll I'll be joining that as as much as I can. 
think those are the two. And yeah. some ultra trail races as well. Yeah, well, fingers yeah. crossed for that. And seeing as you mentioned you weren't running that long, what advice would you have to someone starting out in the sport? Gradual. I think it's all about gradual. Um, don't rush it. I mean, I think for me, uh, what I did is I strengthened my core. As you know yourself, John, ultra running is just not about all running. I mean, it's, there's some core involved there as well. So if you have a strong core, a strong enough core, um, it will help you during the you know the bad times or after about 100k it will just straighten you up and um, help you with uh, your running um, I suppose yeah and if you weren't running what do you think you'd be doing what sport would be next on your list you had mentioned basketball but might there be something else oh I don't know to be honest I mean I never learned I mean I don't like golf either or something like that I like something that I'm moving you know so um, I don't know swimming maybe. I mean, I've di- I've done triathlons before, but um, just to it's time consuming for for me at the moment to do it. The last one was last year in Cork Ironman, but I think that's the last Ironman that I'll ever do. And that's did you one, cy- yeah. did you cycle up that big hill? Yeah, it's not that big hill, isn't it? I mean, yeah, there, I think there's some hills there. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's no, like I did wall. not. <laughs> I, I did actually walk that hill. <laughs> no, I was carrying my bike. Yeah, it's a, it's a really steep, uh, short hill, but it's very steep. You know? Yeah, well, I'd agree with you though about triathlon. It does take up a lot of training time, man. Oh, in your case, time, yeah. you don't have the opportunity to swim to work. It's probably too short no. a cycle. <laughs> But yeah, you'd have to do a lot more training. So the, yeah. your future lies in ultra running. Absolutely, I think that's that's where it is. Yeah. And would the comrades be a race that would be of interest? Yeah, I kind of think about that as well. Um, yeah, some. Yeah, I mean, I, I've actually signed up for uh, Milan to San Remo, so hopefully they'll push through. That'll be in May, but I don't think it'll go. It'll, it'll be going this year. I, I don't know if you heard about that. No. Yeah, they were claiming it's the longest uh, single stage race. It's 281 kilometers, I think. Okay. So I've signed up for it. It'll, it. It's supposed to be in May, but I don't know if it's going to push through, you know? Right, okay. That sounds interesting. And before I let you go, could you recommend any books or resources that might be of use to somebody who wants to... I suppose, increase their knowledge of the sport or maybe train their mind? Oh, John, I'm, I'm the <laughs> least person to ask about. I don't really read books about um, endurance running or anything like that. You I have a couple of books. Yeah, I have a couple of books that was given to me. I read it, but I forgot the title, actually. It's by um, Scott Jurek. Uh, I forgot the, the title of it. Oh, I and think it's one eat, was... eat and Run. Yeah, that's the right. Uh, and the other one was uh, re- uh, was authored by uh, a British bloke that was lent to me by Anthony Lee, actually a really good friend of mine as well. I forgot the title as well, but it's a good read. Th- those are the two books that I have. I forgot the title. <laughs> I think we've said enough there. So I don't want to be taking up too much more of your time. So thanks very much and hopefully see you on the start line of a race in the near future. Oh, hopefully. Hopefully, John. I will see you around anyway. Thank you so much for having me. Now, if you enjoyed this or any of the other podcasts, you might leave a review or subscribe. And until the next one.